Hey sis, welcome back to Girl Goodnight. I'm Return of Lamac, and every Sunday you can relax to binaural beats while I read you a melanated bedtime story. Tap into the show on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. All links will be in the episode description. Submit original work and future episode suggestions to girlgoodnightpodcast at gmail.com. Help your friends sleep in melanated peace. Girl, share the show and show us some love with a five-star rating and review. In celebration of our first anniversary, Girl Goodnight journals are available for purchase on Amazon. Both journals are available in hardcover and paperback. Links to purchase will be in the show notes as well as our Instagram and Facebook pages. Tonight, we will be reading Lawen and John, written by Zora Neale Hurston. Zora Neale Hurston was an author, anthropologist, and filmmaker born in Natasolga, Alabama in January of 1891. Three years later, her and her family relocated to Eatonville, Florida, where her father became one of the town's first mayors. While attending Howard University, She participated in the student government and helped found the school newspaper entitled The Hilltop. In 1925, she moved to New York City where she became acquainted with other famous authors of the Harlem Renaissance and graduated with a bachelor's degree in anthropology from Barnard College. After graduating, she spent time traveling to Haiti and Jamaica to study various aspects of Black culture which influenced her writing and got her published in various newspapers. She published her first short story in 1920 and from there published various other books, short stories, and plays. In 1934, she founded a school of dramatic arts at Bethune-Cookman College and taught drama at the North Carolina College for Negroes at Durham. In January of 1960, she died from heart disease at the St. Lucie County Welfare Home. As she was in debt and lived in poverty, she was buried in an unmarked grave until Alice Walker located the approximate location of her remains and gave her burial site a marker in 1972. Unfortunately, Zora Neale Hurston's success and popularity didn't come until after her passing when Alice Walker published In Search of Zora Neale Hurston in 1975. She is now memorialized by an annual Arts and Humanities Festival in her hometown of Eatonville, Florida. Her house in Fort Pierce, Florida has been designated as a historical landmark and she is inducted into the New York Writers Hall of Fame and has an award named after her by the American Library Association. Lawn and John is one screenplay of three entitled Three Plays. The play is set in Judge Dunfamy's courtroom in Waycross, Georgia. The honorable judge, appearing to have woken up on the wrong side of the bed, is issuing extreme sentences to all of the characters in the courtroom. Now, close your eyes. Take a deep breath and sleep in melanated peace. Lawing and jawing. Time, present. Place, Waycross, Georgia. Scene, Judge Dunfamy's Court. 
persons, Judge Dumfamy, Officer Simpson, and another, Jemima Flapcakes, Cliff Mullins, John Barnes, two lawyers, a clerk, a pretty girl, and her escort. Setting. Usual courtroom arrangement, except that there is a large red arrow pointing off stage left marked to jail. Action. At rise, everybody is in place except the judge. Suddenly, the clerk looks off stage right and motions for everybody to rise. Enter the judge. He wears a black cap and gown and has his gavel in his hand. The two policemen walk behind him, holding up his gown. He mounts the bench and glares all about him before he seats himself. There is a pretty girl in the front row left, and he takes a good look at her, smiles, frowns at her escort. He motions the police to leave him and take their places with the spectators, and then he raps vigorously with his gavel for order. Judge. Hear, hear. Court is set. My honor is on the bench. You mouthy folks set up. He glares at the boy with the pretty girl. All right, Mr. Whistlebridges. Just keep up that jawing now and see how much time I'll give you. Boy. I wasn't talking, Your Honor. Judge. Well, quit looking so mouthy. To the clerk. Call the first case. And I warn each and all that my honor is in bad humor this morning. I give a canary bird 20 years for pecking the elephant. To the clerk. Bring him on. Clerk. Reading. Cliff Mullins charged with assault upon his wife with a weapon and disturbing the peace. As Cliff is led to the bar by the officer, the judge glares ferociously at the prisoner. His wife, all bandages, limps up to the bar at the same time. Judge. So use one of these hard-boiled wife beaters, huh? You're just a mean old woman, Jesse. If I don't lay a hearing on you, God's a gopher. Now, what made you cut such a caper? Clip. Judge, I didn't go, Hunter. Saturday night, I was down on Dearborn Street in a nasty ditch. Judge. A nasty ditch? Clip. Aw, uh, at Emma Hale's house. Judge. Oh, yes. Go on. Cliff. Well, she come down there and claim I took her money, and she claimed I was spending it on Emma. Cliff's wife. And that's just what he was doing, too, Judge. Clip. Aw, she's telling a great big old Georgia lie, Judge. I wouldn't spend no money on her. Cliff's wife. Yes, he was, Judge. There wasn't no money for him to get but mine. He ain't hit a lick of work since God been to making. Know what he lied when I worry him about working? Says he wouldn't take a job with the Careless Love Lumber Company, putting out what make you do me like you do, do, do. Judge. So, you goes for a sweet back, do you? Clip. No, sir, Judge. I'd be glad to work if I could find a job. Judge. How long you been out of work? 
Clip. 17 years. Judge. 17 years? To woman. You been taking care of this man for 17 years? Cliff Swipe. No, but he been so mean to me it seemed like 17 years. Judge. Now you just tell me where he hurt you. Woman. Judge, to tell you the truth, I'm hurt all over. Rubs her buttocks. Fact is, I'm cut. Judge, did you get cut in the fracas? Woman, feeling the back of her left thigh below her buttocks. Not in the fracas, Judge, just below it. She starts to show the judge where she has been cut. He motions to stop her. Judge, stop! To Officer Simpson. Grab him, put him in the shade. Cliff, Judge, I'm unguilty. I ain't laid the weight of my hand on her in malice. You got me accused of murder and I ain't harmed a child. Judge, let me ask you something. Didn't you know that all the women in this town belongs to me? Beat my women and I'll stuff you in jail. 90 years. Take him away. Cliff is led off to jail. The judge looks angrily at the boy who is holding hands with the pretty girl. You runs me hot and I'm just dying to sit on your case. What you in here for? Boy. Nothing. Judge. Well, what you doing in my court, you gator-faced rascal? Boy. My girl wanted to see what was going on, so I brought her in. Judge. Oh, yeah? Smiles that girl. She was using good sense to come see what I'm doing, but how come you come in here? You gonna have a hard time getting out. Boy. I ain't done a thing. I ain't never done nothing. I'm just as clean as a fish, and he been bathing all his life. Judge. You ain't done nothing, huh? Well then, you was guilty of vacancy. Grab him, Simpson, and search him. And if he got any concealed weapons, I'm gonna give him a lifetime and eight years more. The officer seizes the boy and frisks him. All he finds is a new deck of cards. The judge looks at them in triumph. Uh-huh, I noted. One of these skin game jelly beans. Robbing hard-working men out they money. Boy. Judge, I ain't used them at all. See, they's brand new. Judge. Well, then you's charged with toting concealed cards and attempting to gamble. Ten years at hard labor. Put them in the dark, Simpson, and throw away the key. He looks at the girl and beams. Don't you worry about how you gonna get home. You gonna be took home right cause I'ma take you home myself. Bring on the next one, clerk. Clerk. Jemima Flapcakes, charged with illegal possession and sale of alcoholic liquors. Judge. She is a fat, black, belligerent looking woman. The judge looks coldly at her. Well, you ain't heard what he said? Is you guilty or unguilty? 
And I'm telling you right now that you come up before me just like you's in church. You better have a strong determination and you better tell a good experience. Jemima. Arms akimbo. Yes, I sold it and I'll sell it again. Snaps fingers and shakes hips. How does old boo selling mama talk? Judge. Yes. $5,000 in 10 years in jail. Snaps fingers and shakes hips. How does old heavy finding papa talk? She is led away, shouting and weeping. Clerk. The oldest blunt, charged with stealing a mule. Lawyer arises and comes forward with the prisoner. Lawyer. You can't convict this man. I'm here to represent him. Judge, your mouth might spout like a coffee pot, but I got a lawyer. Looks at the other lawyer. The kind beats your suggesting. Looks admiring at girl. How am I chewing my dictionary and mingling my alphabets? Lawyer, well, I can try, can't I? Judge, oh yeah, you can try. But I can see right now where he's going to get all the time that God ever made that ain't been used already. From now on. To lawyer. Go ahead. Spread your lungs all over Georgia. But he's going to jail. Mules must be respected. Lawyer. Striking a pose at the bar. Your Honor. Looks at the pretty girl. Ladies and gentlemen. Judge. Never mind about that lady. You talk your check to me. Lawyer. This is a clear case of syllogism. Again, I say syllogism. My client is innocent because it was a dark night when they say he stole the mule, and that's against all laws of syllogism. Judge looks impressed and laughs. Judge. Dead old fool do know something about the law. Lawyer. When George Washington was pleading the case of Marbury versus Madison, what did he say? What did he say? Scintillant, scintillant, global orific. Fain would I fathom thy nature's specific, loftily poised and either capacious, strongly resembling a gem carbonaceous. What did Abraham Lincoln say about mule stealing? When torrid phobic, refuses his presence and ceases to lamp with fierce incandescence, then you illumine the region's supernatural, scintillant, scintillant, semper nocturnal. Syllogism. Again, I say syllogism. He takes his seat amid applause. Judge. Man, you's a pleading fool. You knows your rules and bylaws. Other lawyer. Let me show my glory. Let me spread my heaviest corpus. Judge. Tain't no use. This lawyer done convinced me. Other lawyer. But let me parade my material. Judge. Parade your material anywhere you want sipping before me. This little girl wants to go home and I'm going with her and enjoy the consequences. Courts adjourned curtain are you still up girl 
Good night. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.